ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of the Horrible Things podcast. Yay! Yay. Yay. I am Emma Sexton, I'm your host for this podcast, and I'm joined today by... Chase Ohimura. And Caitlin Fu. You can find them on Instagram at... At Okimedia. Uh, Katie Fu. Uh, you can, you can that, get that. That was exact. not me doing a funny voice, that was me trying to hold back my cough, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin has, uh... <laughs> That Caitlin's literally tearing up on air, <laughs> on, on the airwaves. Yeah, dude, have you ever Speaking heard the phrase before? Airwaves. Um, you have a face for radio. Yeah, it means you go ugly. Yeah, I know. I feel like that's that's <gasps> really that's a new that's thing. Is thing? like you have a face for podcasting. Wait, that's actually toxic <laughs> as hell. That's a freaking roast. What? But yeah, I heard that today, and I was like, I have to mention that on the podcast. It's too good. Um. In the, I think it was Lyndon B. Johnson versus Nixon. Epic rap battles? No, no, no. It was in history <laughs> when they were real life. Emma. When it was, um, they were both on TV or radio for president. Oh yeah. They, um, the people who were listening to, I, I think they thought Lyndon. This was uh, uh JFK and Nixon. JFK and Nixon, and they thought Nixon. No, no, they thought JFK won because he sounded smoother on the radio. But oh. they thought Nixon. Uh, the people who watched it on TV thought Nixon because he looked better. Opposite. Oh. JFK looked better, and oh, Nixon JFK, had a better. I thought Nixon, Nixon was a cutie. No, no Nixon ugly, was. Bro. I thought Nixon was a cute. Oh, because I'm, in the office, he I'm was gonna like, look up a picture of Nixon, Nixon right now. Nixon is not a cutie. I'm sorry, Chase. Okay. I hate to burst your bubble like this. But Stop bursting my bubble, Caitlin. Nixon. I'm sure Mrs. Nixon finds him very attractive. <laughs> because in the <laughs> office, he referenced him. He was like, Jim in the morning looks very Nixon-y. Yeah, he was saying he's ugly. <laughs> oh. He looks like that runner. You saying <laughs> Bolt. <laughs> what? Um, Sorry, Chase. What runner? Races. Okay. No, can you clarify? Okay. What runner? No, there's this runner. I, what I, I don't know. Um, he looks like. Let's start. So let's... yeah, let's let's dive into the actual content <laughs> of this just... episode. Let's just talk for twenty more minutes. People are probably skipping through this part. Let's let's be totally honest. Bef- As if we didn't edit this all out. <laughs> <laughs> Skippers, we're starting here. Okay. Okay. So where we last left off in our last episode on Chernobyl was we had just talked about how. Um, about 31 to 54 first responders and plant workers inside the Chernobyl nuclear plant had died from radiation poisoning. And we were talking about how 36 hours um, is how long it took to evacuate Pripyat, which is the town three kilometers away from where the nuclear accident had actually occurred. So um, on April 27th at 2 p.m., the Soviet union basically starts to evacuate 115,000 people from Pripyat and uh, from villages nearby. People who live in the towns are told that this is going to be a temporary thing. So only pack a few things that you've got and a little bit of food. Don't bring your pet. Don't bring your uh, cherished family things. You'll be back. Just bring your necessities. So this means the government knew what was going on and then they just wanted to leave the contam- said contaminated. By the things. time they're evacuating, they've accepted that, okay, a reactor has blown. Top okay. 10 pranksters of all of history. Number one, the, the USSR, USSR government. <laughs> in, 19, in 1988? In 1980? 86. Wait, in, 19- in 1986, the USSR 
hosted the most epic prank on the Russian people. <laughs> they told them, leave everything that's important to you behind. You Pack are not only your smallest things. You are not on a dying bus. from radiation poisoning. Yeah, I'd bring Jack, aka my radioactive filled dog. Mojo top 10 uh, biggest lies. <laughs> Mojo top 10 radioac- radioactive pets. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, Jack. Oh, follow at Jack Kitsu on Instagram. They don't know how Chase's dog. My dog. But um so the interesting thing about this, the thing that I obviously this is horrible. In Pripyat, they finally evacuate everything and start taking precautions. The cool thing about all of this, uh, like I was talking about, is that they evacuated and were told only bring food and like the few small things you can bring with you. This happened in 1986. Afterward, there was an exclusionary zone set up around the area, so mm-hmm. nobody could go back in ever since that evacuation. And did they question the government, or were they just no. were they just told like they just, just told go. you have to go? Okay. Uh, did, what was their reasoning again? That it's radiation, and it uh-huh. had to have been. Spreading. Oh, so they told by them this it time was, they definitely knew. by this time they've accepted. Okay, it was a reactor yeah. blow. By the time of uh-huh. the evacuation, that's when it's like, oh, okay. So there is a reactor that's pulling up because before they were just totally like, oh, no, it was just a tank. It was just a tank. No worry. And then basically what happens is they start to hear that in um, Scandinavia and Germany, they've started taking precautions against the radiation that they can sense from in Germany, from Chernobyl. And then they're oh like, oh, God, in no another way. country, they're setting up precautions and we haven't done anything to help this town three kilometers away from they the They heard about it in a different country. They could, they could detect the Even radiation. All of their phone lines were cut off. They detected the radiation. That's, no, That's what happened. So then they're like, okay, well, we need to help these people. We, we're going to get them out. So they evacuate all of their surrounding villages and things like that. But because of this, and because they were only told to bring a few things, they have Chernobyl now, which is you can go to Chernobyl and go on a tour around the area. You can only be there for an hour because it is still incredibly radioactive and you can die if you stay there too long, which is why it's basically a wasteland. No one can go back there, but it is a perfect preserved relic of the USSR in 1986 because everything is contaminated so it's left alone perfectly as it was in 1986 when it was left invisible thing yeah yeah an invisible force yeah so Um. it's like a I want to go there so bad every time I say that someone's like you're dumb yeah because your defense is like oh but it's only one hour and you're fine but it's like why would you risk it ms sexton just because i feel like it would be so cool to walk around in there and see it's like a, an abandoned ghost town and just yeah. like see all of that Bruh, and you get VR to go to an amusement system, park google maps i know it just seems so cool to like see it with my own eyes and know that like like what happened and all that i don't Does know i would love to Wait, no, no, no. the tour guide would be showing you guys around and like yeah i knew that and then you step in front of the whole group and start going off on your own spiel <laughs> you know so what they're I'm not telling the you and says, see this granite rock on the floor let me pick it up real quick i'll tell you guys all about this let me pick <laughs> it up and burn my hand off <laughs> but yeah so i would love to go to chernobyl um yeah i don't know why you guys wouldn't want to go but i guess also I, a lot of if people i knew go. for sure there's no more radiation i would well there's to not going to be no more radiation for like hundreds of years mm-hmm. oh well 
watch watch me live <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of years so i can go visit yeah. chernobyl i guess i am a little nervous about the fact of like we don't know everything about radiation yet so what if i accidentally am shaving off like four years of my life that's by what going saying, there? You know? or like even 10 seconds those 10 yeah. seconds you could uh, cure radiation uh, poisoning cure cancer yeah in those 10 seconds True. but okay so um April 29th, after the evacuation, April 29th, 1986, uh, spy satellite photos from the U.S. We're flying our little spy planes over it, and we catch a picture of the devastation and the Chernobyl accident. So the U.S. now has photos. The USSR did not want this to get out, but now the uh, the U.S. has... With their sneaky drones. Yeah, they, they have their sneaky drones, and now basically the whole world is going to know that there's been a nuclear accident. But still, the USSR continues to cover it up, saying, we have the situation completely under control. Nothing bad has happened. There's only been, like, three casualties. They're basically just lying to the public, trying to cover it up. This whole thing is so scary to me, because I always think about it, especially after the whole... You know, do you remember, like, a few years ago when the we Japan. had the whole... The North Korean crisis oh. thing, where it was, it was just we were scared that something might happen. Yeah. And I remember, like... This is something that scares me so much where it's like you can be having the most normal day and everything uh-huh. might be, be fine. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, you have 20 minutes to live, which is terrifying. Yeah. And they if they had kept that up any longer of not trying to fix anything and just saying, oh, the reactor hasn't exploded. It could be way more casualties than they think it actually is. So around the time that we finally get the spy satellite photo and see things, they realize, oh, there's another huge problem that has uh arisen with this reactor the firefighters when they came in all the tanks the water tanks and the res uh, that led oh. to the reservoir under the under the core were empty because they had drained them all but the firefighters are spraying water continually uh-huh. onto these fires which had led to all of these tanks getting filled up with radioactive water oh because they had a refill okay. that had compiled underneath the core how they realized did they realize this it was after um april 29th so it was like three days later okay that's they good. realize they have almost no time because if they don't drain the water that's underneath the core there's like a concrete base that's um separating them mm-hmm. if the core and the water hit there will be an ex- a giant explosion similar to a nuclear explosion that will send a shockwave through not only Russia, not Russia, sorry, USSR. It'll go through where we know Ukraine is. It'll go all the way to East Germany that the shockwave will hit and destroy basically everything. And it'll be a huge, basically nuclear explosion. Humans, humans are wild. We really just took natural elements and we're like, yeah, can we I know. create the biggest, like, like a man-made, like, destruction machine? Yeah. You know, that has the power to do this. So they realize we need to pump out the water. Otherwise, we're going to kill thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Probably more. They also know that the people who go under to drain the radioactive water, it's a suicide mission. Yeah. <clears throat> they will die from the radiation. So they basically have to choose three plant workers and they get three volunteers of plant workers that go in and um, volunteer basically their own lives with the promise that 
the USSR will help their families and they are it is just imagine the scariest thing you are walking through a giant maze of radioactive water knowing that you're killing yourself every second that you're down there you only have a lamp and then the radioactivity shuts off your lamp so you're walking through in complete darkness searching around for a pipe and you know that if you don't complete this like, thousands of people are going to die. So, it really puts your first world problems in perspective. They, that's insane. That's yeah. uh, like so hard to imagine. They eventually do find the valve and they open it up and start draining all the water and they come out. One of the um crew members who was uh one of the volunteers died a few months after this. One died in 2015. And keep in mind, they were pretty young in 1986, so it's still less life. And the other is actually still alive. So not everyone died because of this. But still, I mean, it's they went in thinking it was suicide. That's honestly just, like, amazing, though. Like, that's, you know, when you think of, like, examples of, like, karma and stuff, like, that's people who really just risk their lives to save their lives of thousands. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they ended even though you know their lives did end it's a just nice to right. know that they still came out they really sacrificed their life and they got to live a little longer than mm-hmm. they expected yeah and that twenty thousand tons of radioactive water doesn't finish getting pumped out from underneath the core until may 8th so of this it's, year not this no. year <laughs> but of uh, 1986 yeah. so it's still like they really had to yeah open that valve because they were sacrificing tons obviously of water that was needed but the result would have been obviously way worse Mm -hmm. so that's when you think like okay we've almost had a nuclear explosion we've already had like 31 to 54 people dead in the worst way that you could pretty much possibly imagine we got kids dying you think it really can't get worse from here nope they have another huge disaster. After all the fires are put out and everything, you still have to remember the fission reaction is still going on in the core. Oh, yeah, it is. It's still going on. And because of this, the nuclear meltdown begins. Okay. So since the core has been overheating for multiple days now, it's only a matter of weeks from April 29th until the radiation is going to melt through the concrete pad underneath the reactor and penetrate all the way through to the groundwater underneath. The groundwater that runs to Pripyat River, which then runs to over 50 million people who it separates out to. I believe that was the number please be right but like 50 million people that they say it use that water in some way yeah so basically if that groundwater gets contaminated the whole river is going to be radioactive undrinkable unusable for years that can't happen it literally there's no way that that could happen and they could survive it would mean probably dying of thirst for hundreds of people and so what they do is they contract coal miners to say okay here's what we need you to do we need you to go underneath the core build a giant tunnel and we're gonna run liquid um nitrogen 
under through that whole tunnel so we can stop the fission by cooling it down enough and stop stop it from penetrating Mm -hmm. underneath so they go in they build this tunnel and on may 4th 1986 they pump the liquid nitrogen underneath the reactor so they can cool it and stop the meltdown so this actually works thankfully but there's uh science mode 1000 but there's still evidence that like all those miners are working under the core for hours and hours and hours so they They definitely have effects yes there is not a no effect of the radiation yeah and they probably didn't tell the miners either and they weren't no they did they they told them they they told them like it's a tough job they told them what was happening they told them they probably wouldn't die immediately from it or anything like that but it's just that it needed to be done okay that's the thing with a lot of this it's a lot of people are gonna have to sacrifice themselves because it just has to be done Mm -hmm. because somebody has to do it and i can't imagine the burden of some of these nuclear physicists knowing we could be sacrificing all these people's lives right now by sending them in basically it was it was taking a toll on everyone everyone involved everyone who had to risk their lives everyone who had to send people out like they once they realized how terrible this was it was kind of like people need to be sacrificed yeah yeah if we want to save thousands yeah it's and it's also just like they uh and they show in the chernobyl show on hbo which you should definitely both watch um they show how these miners are literally in full suits trying to protect themselves from the radiation but it's blazing hot in that tunnel underneath the reactor. They can't have any fans put in there because that'll stir up the dust, the radiation, mm-hmm. radioactive dust. So they literally just, all of them are working completely naked because that's oh, the only way geez. to keep cool. They have zero protection. It's just like a hundred miners walking around nude under the reactor. It's crazy because you see it in a lot of films where it's those situations where it's like you have to sacrifice some lives to save thousands. You never really picture it happening happening in real life, you know? Yeah. Like, this is the f- first time where I re- really realized, like, oh my gosh, like, these things happen in real life. Yeah. S- people have sacrificed their lives for s- to stop such a huge disaster that could kill thousands or would would have Yeah, for sure. And it's like... At the, it's around this same time that the um, head nuclear physicists who are assisting um, in cl- like fixing Chernobyl and the party members that are assisting in fixing Chernobyl mm-hmm. go to the to the committee um, and people like head members of the party and say, okay, here's the situation. We put out the fires. We stopped a giant explosion from happening. It's not going to melt into the groundwater anymore. That is behind us thank god that's behind us we've evacuated the city that's behind us but we need 750,000 men and three years to clean up the effects of what's happened here we need to evacuate a huge radius near this plant all these villages everyone is gonna have to go we're gonna need to have men they have men that go in and remove the top few meters of soil from the ground all around chernobyl and bury it under the rest of the soil because leaving that soil exposed it had so much radioactivity it would make it un no human being could be around there they cut down 
all the trees surrounding this entire area because they'd been contaminated with um, radiation. They completely, this area was decimated. Everything had to go. Everything had to go. Soil, trees, everything. And one of the most heartbreaking parts of this, of course, is that you're going to have to have all these men who, this soil, it's too dangerous for people to be around, but all these men are going to be half having to move it and it's not it's no easy feat they say it was seven seven hundred and fifty thousand to eight hundred thousand men that's no small number there were definitely people there who weren't in the military weren't a part of that who were just being forced to basically subject themselves to what could have been acute radiation um syndrome like they're they're basically poisoning themselves still by being there for that prolonged amount of time and one of the saddest things ever. You guys are going to hate this. So not only were all the trees and the ground contaminated by the radioactivity, but every animal left in the area was <clears throat> contaminated by the radioactivity. And that's not deer. Not just deer. That's not just rabbits. That's not just whatever animals were in the forest. That's everyone's puppy, everyone's dog they had to leave behind. Yeah, I just realized that it's just because they can move and carry that radiation. That's why they had to be killed. But it sucks because it's like, imagine it's one thing to like have to put your dog down or whatever, like leave them behind is one thing. But to leave them behind and know that they're like suffering from radiation poisoning and that they're just there on their own. Yeah, and it's just brutal because it's like, a majority of it wasn't just the forest animals. It was the someone's pet dog. And one of the things they talk about uh, that I've seen in some articles and on the show is that when they would go into these towns, the people whose jobs it was to bring the guns in and shoot down all these dogs, what would happen is they'd come into the town and the dogs would come running up to them because they were oh, so excited no. to see people after their owners That's had so been bad. evacuated. So they would start shooting at these dogs. And then they would run inside and they would just go house to house to house shooting cats and dogs. And I'm sure they didn't enjoy it either, you know? Like, no. that was just their I job. I guess you can just take that. You're you're putting them out before they have to go through. Yeah. The- well, that's the thing. They would have probably survived the radiation because there's some animals that can. Like, in Fukushima, the whole area where they had a nuclear meltdown is overrun with wild boars. Like, some animals can survive. They probably would have been able to survive, but they couldn't risk them running outside of Mm -hmm. the exclusionary zone and spreading the radiation. Yeah, like, I I under... You know, it's something that has to be done, but it just... The whole situation, it sucks. It's especially terrible because, you know, it was avoidable. Yeah. This whole thing. Yeah. They could have just gone on with their lives like normal, but because of all the, the series of mistakes that happened with this giant power plant... Like, you, you know, all this, people had to abandon their pets. People got years chopped off of their lives. People die, died, like, in that moment. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's really, I tell you, it. I know I keep referencing back to the show. It's just because it's so good. But there is a very distinct moment where I just wanted to just start crying because it's too awful. Of Like, there's two distinct moments I remember throughout the show when we're just talking about the effects of Chernobyl. One is this kid who's not even in the military having to go up to someone's golden retriever and shoot it in the head and then it doesn't die and he has to sit there and he has to shoot it again 
and having to do that every single day, town after town after town, and then watching this giant truck dump an entire thing of dead dogs and cats into a pit that they covered with concrete because of the radiation. It's just so, it's undignified to, and it's so just sad for the person who had to do that. Like, imagine your job being you have to shoot puppies. Do you know if any people were abandoned? Like homeless people or anything? Some people stayed on their property and just didn't want to leave. And they got forced onto the trucks pretty much by the evacuation So they took everyone? They took pretty much everyone, yeah. What happened to the pe- those people? Because they were probably infected in their clothes and everything. Yeah, How did a lot. They, what did they do with that? A know? lot died. But no, where do they, they got rid of the clothes, obviously. Where did they take these people? Like, if they're already affected, like... Did they, they can't really... Unless it's very bad radiation, mm-hmm. like, people that were ar- around Chernobyl or the firefighters, they can't really spread it very easily to other people people as much Mm -hmm. um it's still obviously a risk but it's like they could go as long as they got rid of their clothes and didn't have anything and they scrubbed them down and stuff like that but it's just like it's just sad people having to leave places they've been for so so long for no reason yeah it's not what's really different about this tragedy compared to the ted bundy killings it's in terms of like the deaths of or like you know the deaths of people and like the cha- how these people's lives change it's so different because you know ted bundy he had um he knew he was going to kill people he's the yeah. reason why these people died he set out to change their lives this was just accidents you know that yeah. so avoidable and ignorance yeah. over and over and over again and, and flawed reactor designs and and it destroyed human a, error and it destroyed a whole city it, it destroyed just, more than a whole yeah, city. Yeah. More, and the thing is, it's all because of accidents, you know? Yeah. It was and crazy. The other moment that I was like, oh, God, this is so awful, was there's this um, scene where I'm, I'm sure that this actually happened to some people because I'm almost everything in the show is based on fact. And I didn't see any specific article, but it's just the effect of like what could have and probably did happen is this woman... Um, her husband was one of the firemen and he was basically dying. He knew he was definitely going to die and she was pregnant and she all she wanted to do is sit with him and hold his hand while he was dying. His face was like melted off, open wounds everywhere. He didn't even look like a person anymore basically and she's holding his hand and stuff and he, then he, she gets rushed out of the room and um, he dies shortly after but what happens is that she goes into labor, has the baby um, a few months later. Four hours later, the baby dies because it absorbed the radiation from her being around him. Instead of her getting radiation and dying, the fetus absorbed the radiation. And then when she had it, it died because of radiation poisoning from her just wanting to be with her husband before he died. Yeah, stuff like that definitely happened. And just because some officials couldn't recognize the fact that a reactor had blown just because they couldn't accept it you know it's just crazy that all this happened due to just human you know yeah the fact the first crazy thing is just like the fact that we could invent something like that something mm -hmm. so powerful this is man-made you know we get we gave it the ability to do something like this Mm -hmm. and we thought we had it under control but obviously not in this case and the other crazy thing is that so much like it wreaked so much havoc and so many 
terrible things happened because of this. And it was all just so avoidable and accidental. And yeah, it just something where these people are going about their lives like normal and just because of some like errors, all their lives changed. And now and it's just that same thing of I understand completely that nuclear power. I mean, it's great when it works well because it's so efficient and it's Mm -hmm. such a great way to avoid using fossil fuels and all this stuff but at the same time when i look at things like this part of me wonders like will we ever get to a point where the risk of it i mean one in ten thousand years you would think oh that risk is worth what the reward would be but Mm. then you see things like this and it's like will it ever really be worth the risk because if so so many things went wrong but even if one more thing had went wrong if they hadn't have been able to drain the water if a meltdown would have happened is it worth the long-term effects yeah and this is kind of a different topic I mean, this is a completely different episode but we place our society in risk just to we're manipulating our natural world for the benefit of our wants right now yeah like, just in terms of pollution and shit but <laughs> nuclear reactors is a huge step up from what we have now and our first attempt at it just completely failed yeah for sure it's just insane that we have the power to create something so powerful Mm -hmm. because yeah it has its benefits but and of course i like i don't want to sound like oh no nuclear power ever but it's just like hearing about chernobyl is crazy because it's like how did we create something so powerful yeah that's and something with the power to destroy so many lives and just continuing on um in on may 9th 1986 just a reminder, the accident happened April 26th. So on May 9th, uh, they pour the concrete under the reactor, basically shutting off the whole bottom portion of the reactor. And later, they build a big concrete structure all around the reactor, which has been nicknamed the sarcophagus. So it's basically just to stop the radiation from further contaminating the area and just kind of get it all closed off, which is what you're supposed to do if there's ever a nuclear accident. So that sarcophagus is the reason that you're kind of allowed to go visit Chernobyl today because there's not, there is still being some more radiation leaking out of that area, obviously, but it's not nearly as much because they have enclosed it. And then on August 25th, um, the IAEA, which is the International Atomic Energy Agency in the USSR, has this whole conference and one of the um, people who had been helping with the cleanup and everything in Chernobyl talks about in that conference in front of the whole world how there was a subpar safety um, team on the job and lots of human error but also Soviet reactor design flaws are part of the reason that uh, this whole thing happened and that was a big deal because the USSR didn't want any blame on them Mm -hmm. their nuclear program could not be flawed so when a scientist stands up and says we messed up and it led to this that has a huge impact on on the world because it's admitting okay the ussr doesn't have everything together things are kind of falling apart Mm -hmm. which is why this event isn't just significant as a disaster that happened and changed the face of science and, and nuclear physics it's important in culture. It really is. And uh, 10 officials at the plant, including the director and the chief engineer, get sentenced after this uh, from 
anywhere from two to ten years in hard labor camps in the USSR. Hard labor camps in the USSR is rough. Yeah, for negligence and criminal mismanagement of the project. And that sounds hard, I totally understand, but there were people in the USSR saying these people should get death for what they did. They... Honestly... It's just hard to defend people who, I'm sure they, obviously it's not something they did on purpose, but that's, I think, what makes it so bad is because it's really just, if you're dealing with something so powerful, you gotta be careful with it. You don't send the full squad. Yeah, and I just feel like they, I guess the thing is that it was their fault. It was their fault. They did criminal mismanage it, but it was also that when they hit the shut down button it jammed the rods in it wasn't completely their fault although it was a lot their fault and it wasn't just to blame on the lead scientist the chief engineer it was also to blame on the soviet party members who said let's cut off all the phone lines and not let anyone out and yeah. let's keep this under wraps I'd say it was definitely more of that because everything escalated after information wasn't being relate to anybody because of course there's going to be mechanical and um just like issues in the pre-production of pre-production things pre-production of any new like advancement in technology but stuff like this you have to communicate yeah and i just feel like uh they i guess so much of it is just that they didn't want to seem weak and that whole mentality of not wanting to seem weak in the ussr is is just what led to disaster and like if they had simply uh party members and definitely some of the some of the lead engineers if they had just said here's what's actually going on let's actually check it out they could have saved the lives of definitely over 20 firefighters who Mm -hmm. they were called to the scene you know like there is definitely yeah there were so many people at fault and like we kind of said in last episode a lot it's just like there were so many opportunities where this could have gone right yeah and it was just wrong 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 at every turn i feel like this episode is a bit more morbid than the ted bundy one and i think why that is is probably because this just like because i was kind of comparing it because they're two they're both two tragedies you know or like they're both terrible horrible things that have happened and I'm just thinking about it and I'm like, I think something that really irks me the wrong way is that with the Ted Bundy case, it's such a, there's so many like intricacies about it that like, here's this killer, you know, and you don't want to idolize him, but there's so many things going on in his brain that caused this to happen. And that's what we're picking apart for this. There was no evil, you know, purely evil, bad guy. They're just humans and it's so it's just sad Humans I, no one benefited no one yeah. benefited because at the because people were ignorant people had to clean up after that the yeah people it's, who had to risk their lives it's so easy i think to just look at ted bundy and say yeah that's pure evil that's an evil human being mm-hmm. and here's an evil person that we can mm-hmm. blame all these things on where when you look at something like chernobyl there is no evil person it's regular people like you and me who yeah. messed up and ruined the lives of thousands of people so continuing on we're gonna, that was in 1986 that basically all these people go to jail they admit that here's all this stuff that happened in the ussr and now we're going to jump ahead a lot all of that was in 1986 between 
April, and August. Now we're going to go to December 15th, 2000. So the last reactor at Chernobyl is shut down. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? Uh, why? Okay, what? Because they need power for their Reactors city, 1 and Caitlin. 2 were functional. Uh, they were shut down in... The last one of 1 and 2 was shut down in 1996. In what? 2000, they, they shut down keep, the third reactor. They just wanted to keep the rep that they, they actually did work. If so, they just keep one and two running. That's look, so dumb. We have power. We got the full squad on it, guys. No worries <laughs> today. <laughs> Nothing bad's ever happened here at Chernobyl. Night shift oh is becoming day shift. We're good. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Don't worry, guys. We put the full squad on day shift now. So now we got the good yeah, people on night shift. Because only bad things happen at night. So now we have the real guys on the night shift. Yeah, it's just crazy to me. But um, after Chernobyl, basically... The USSR starts pretty much starting to shut down all of their nuclear power plants slowly. Makes sense. I, over time, there were less and less and less of them. And even just in the world overall, after especially after Fukushima and all that, which is a separate episode on its own, it's just nuclear power has become much less attractive since we've seen the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. And in April 2006, so the... the president the secretary at this time was um mr gorbachev tear down that wall you know that guy Mm -hmm. mr gorbachev and he said in a quote he said that the chernobyl disaster quote was perhaps the real cause of the collapse of the soviet union because it was that event that created this mistrust between the party and the people because they saw they're willing to sacrifice us to save and and they also showed their weakness you know their whole thing was we're you know, there's no yeah. weakness in us, and this kind of sh- yeah, that's it. a good point because usually it's one bad thing that affects another Asian, an- another nation that makes them despise each other. But it was actually them internally affecting their own people. Yeah, that's a- another thing that's so scary about it. It's like they were killing their own, mm-hmm. and they knew it. Yeah. So that is Chernobyl from 2000 and before of the event and i just really quickly wanted to talk about some of the effects today that you can still see in in chernobyl right now 2019 because you still can go to chernobyl and like what you're saying mm-hmm. it's still radioactive today that was in 1986 it is still radioactive today without chernobyl would imagine dragons ever had come out with the song radioactive <laughs> and riddle me this in the aftermath of the accident 237 people got acute radiation sickness. Um, 28 died within the first three months. Uh, Most of those victims that died within the first three months, like we said, were firefighters Mm -hmm. and plant workers. Um, They believe that basically lots of people who've been affected by the cancer, it may not have hit quite yet. Because here's how radiation sickness works. There's the prodromal stage, the NVD stage, where people who are affected immediately get nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, redness in the face. That's a big thing where whenever you see radiation, if someone is seriously affected, within minutes, their face is bright red. And uh, this can last for a few minutes. It can last for a few days. Then uh, there's the latent stage. In this stage, it's right after you've just gotten all those flu-like symptoms. You feel fine. Feel totally healthy, almost like it's completely passed. Mm. And the latent stage can take a really long time. Years and years and years. 20 years. 
it can take a long time yeah for that to pass the um the uh, what were the people who uh the guy who died in 2015 and one of the guys who died who is still those were the people who went through the radioactive water so they i'm sure they had the latent stage for a while right yeah i'm not sure if it's actually 20 years but it can be a really long period of time that you can be in the latent stage Mm -hmm. and then after that there's the manifest illness stage it's where your symptoms are going to depend on what actually has happened to you how much radiation you've been exposed to and it can last for several months and then after that it's basically recovery or death you'll die from it or you'll make a total recovery from it but it can last that's the thing it's so scary this radiation poisoning can last years um the recovery stage is it more of like the radio uh, the radiation can break down your organs and then you start to make a recovery like your organs like start repairing after no it's Uh. it's, or is it just like it's just that you flip a coin you've gone through the all the symptoms and all of it and you've gone through the sickness and then it's over or the radiation is still affecting you and you die and then that stage can last a really long time just slowly deteriorating and you can't even i will show you but um you can't even the, stop it. Yeah, and the crazy thing about this disaster too is that the actual number of people affected is like almost impossible to distinguish. We know that there's between 31 and 54 people dead within months because of the disaster. Mm-hmm. That number changed a lot because the USSR was basically like, eh, only three. Okay, maybe <laughs> 10. Okay, 20. Okay, fine, 31. But <laughs> like the World Health Organization and other people have estimated that it can it would probably be higher. And that's crazy because 31 people is way too many for a mistake and uh that doesn't count at all the number of people who've gotten cancer from being exposed to the radiation yeah there's literally a full-on town three kilometers from the site it doesn't talk about any of the people who were minors it doesn't it we they couldn't track those people so there's no real telling of how many people were actually um affected the iaea said in 1986 that they expected four thousand people would die relatively quickly due yeah, to radiation. Yeah, especially the people who are doing the topsoil work. Yeah. That's, that's direct contact. Like, that, a ton of them had to be from those guys. Yeah. So, they say about 4,000 people, but there's also this other theory, which is called the 2065 report. Mm-hmm. So, this is basically saying um, the International Agency for Research on Cancer in France uh, predicted that by 2065, Chernobyl will have caused 16,000 cases of thyroid cancer and 25,000 cases of other cancer, of other cancers compared with, uh, with, you know, there's a lot of cancer to begin with, but the, that amount and purely because of the radiation. And it spreads after reproduction? No, it doesn't. It, okay. it, that case of the pregnant woman, it was only because the she was, was there okay. already. She was already pregnant. So, like, um, biological cancer is different than radiation. Basically, what happens is that the ionet, like, if we're talking about, take a specific case, thyroid cancer, your thyroid, when exposed, when you're exposed to radiation, your thyroid will absorb the the ionizing radiation, which will then cause cancer, so that, and then it the can also come probably. from getting your DNA broken down by the imagine like living your life for another 20 20 30 years or something and knowing the entire time there's still radiation on you from what happened like yeah. 30 yeah. years ago well and another thing about chernobyl is they say that it had 400 times the amount of radiation that the bombings at hiroshima did 
Are you serious? Yeah. It's it was crazy. So we are very uncertain, still are, everyone is, about the actual numbers because of the latency period and we'll never probably actually know the number of lives that were taken by Chernobyl. But at least those thirty one or fifty four first responders and plant workers, almost definitely more than that, were affected by people's mistakes in the Chernobyl disaster. I'm and say hundreds definitely. Yeah. And that is the tragedy of the Chernobyl nuclear accident. Uh, That's heavy. (laughs) It's kind of hard to come back after that. That was... I didn't... Because I remember going into this podcast, I barely knew anything about Chernobyl. I just knew it was a nuclear power plant accident. Yeah, I thought it was just an accident. And then there was just really... And that was all I knew. But I didn't realize, like, how... To what degree... And that's, yeah, yeah. The when you uh, when you started saying that there was a test on the day, I immediately knew that was a man-made error. Yeah. The more I know about it, the more stunned and upset I get by the incompetence of the USSR and the party members and the people who were on job that day and the mm-hmm. way that they ruined probably hundreds of people's lives because they're on incompetence. Yeah, the full squad got some new members. The biggest thing is these people. It they were just living their life. They yeah. weren't constantly worrying about that power plant. It was basic for many of them. I'm sure it wasn't a huge deal to yeah, them. Yeah, I never worried about it when we had one just a few miles away. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I'm just saying, like, it's crazy how fast your life can change. Because then all of a sudden, after like three days, yeah, twenty years have just been shaved off of your life. Yeah, that I think that is the big thing about disasters, and it is a true crime disaster podcast. But one of those things about disasters, it's just such a bummer, man, because it is really just that. There's no one to, no one really at fault besides normal people, and it's just a bummer. Like, it's just sad and not a great thing Mm -hmm. to. But it is interesting, especially. I want to go to Chernobyl so bad. It's definitely interesting how it's all still preserved, you know? Yeah. Something to learn from. It's definitely something where you can learn a lesson. And on that note, let's transition into our favorite segment. Happy things. Happy things. things. We need it after that bummer of an episode. Uh, (laughs) Happy things. Also, guys, um, make sure to watch the Chernobyl show on HBO. Like, do it if you're interested in more of this. Do that. I'm not sponsored, but honestly, the show's so good. I got a lot of this information from the show and from History.com and from a bunch of other sources. Yeah. (laughs) We'll take any sponsorships. Yes. So happy things. Uh, Caitlin. Oh, no, Chase. I can't um, think right now. Okay. I'm going to look at my camera okay. roll. See what, see what I got. Um, okay, yeah, Disneyland's cool, but what about tricking your girlfriend's cousin that you're Australian? Because you can speak in a kind of Australian accent. You tricked your girlfriend's cousin to think you were yeah, Australian? Yeah, we were at South Coast Plaza, and... Um, we met up with a cousin, and I start. I had this idea. I just started talking in an Australian accent. I was like, "My backstory is that my dad lived in Australia for the past twenty years." And then I just started oh going gosh. off. Dude, and he be lying like the USSR to the people yeah. of. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Pripyat. Pripyat. Yeah. So yeah, that was probably the highlight of my week. <laughs> when did you tell her that you weren't I'm Australian? I'm not going to. Oh, you haven't told her yet? No. Oh, that's that's epic. <laughs> epic? 
yeah top 10 epic things number oh it, besides not top 10 telling full squad moments top 10 ussr biggest lies caitlin you got anything uh yeah so i think like a week ago i won um at the 2019 uh rop distinguished student award yes which is pretty cool that's like a it's like a uh for those of you who don't know it's like a regional program that does a lot of career that they fund and set up a lot of career classes so stuff ranging from like film which is like what i was doing to like um firefighting classes to cooking classes and stuff yeah they kind of like narrowed it down to the student after a bunch of applications and interviews and stuff and i got it so that's pretty exciting it's cool because it's um it's high school based so they give a lot of the um the high school kids like are like finding their careers early on and then they give them that opportunity. That's Chase, really Chase cool and Emma that. got medals too at the award show. Yes. Emma yes. wasn't there though because she's out doing what? Work? I know. She's out Lame. in the field yeah. like an idiot. Yeah, I know. Full squad over here. When you got to work, <laughs> but you don't get paid because you're just a production assistant. But it's on David Thanks. Letterman. Yeah, that yeah, is true. David That's Letterman. pretty cool. But um, What's okay. your happy thing? Is that your happy thing? We just spoiled uh, it. I started spoiling. I don't know if that's my happy thing. She was thinking I about it. I feel like it. my happy thing is that um, Harley, my boyfriend. Your what? My boyfriend. Boyfriend. We, um, we went out to breakfast on th- um, Thursday just because we had late start in school. And we went out to breakfast and got Cafe Cup. And then we... Oh, um, it's so good. And then we went to Central Park and just like went for a walk afterward. And it was just like the the sweetest thing ever like just i don't know we usually don't like just go out and go on a walk and stuff so it was really nice and then also this podcast first episode is gonna be up on tuesday i am so excited for that (laughs) yeah check that out it's well by the time you hear yeah you're probably like hopefully out again but yeah um thank you guys so so much for listening to this podcast episode i honestly think these went way smoother than the first ones and i'm very happy for that (laughs) even though i love the first one so yeah us talk about the most depressing stuff thank you for listening to us to emma talk about depressing stuff while chase and i go wow that sucks (laughs) (laughs) i just like be silent because we have no idea what to say that's the appropriate reaction or we could just relate it to ted bundy yeah, extremely radioactive, and shockingly, shockingly incompetent, radioactive, and radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> imagine dragons. Emma, I think the outro song for this one should be radioactive. radioactive. No, you would get. We're gonna copyright. get. Oh, yeah, copyright. I'm gonna get. Copyright. <laughs> uh, not about that. Here, I'll Wait, do a cover real quick. Let's do an acapella. Oh, oh, ready. Right. I'm in my bones. Radioactive. Radioactive. Are you harmonizing? Radioactive. Oh my god. Yes. Stop. <laughs> and then there's that part that's like <gasps> No, it's like wait, Yeah, no. breathing in the catacombs. What are you doing? Don't you know what acute radiation syndrome does sickness does to your body? Yeah, I know. We can explain all about those neutrons. So Okay, guys, I think with that little song note, (laughs) we're going to end out this podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, As they said, you can find uh, Chase and Caitlin online at... Okie Media. Kitty Foo. So thank you guys so much for listening. 
please share this podcast with your friends. Follow it on Instagram at Horrible Things Podcast. And remember, if your dog starts glowing, make sure to put it out. <laughs> Nixon is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and most of all, don't, don't do, do horrible things. things. Bye. 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 Now the cool music's gonna come in now.